So I, I've decided that, like, my hero of heroes is uh, Elon Musk. And I've been sort of thinking that for a while. I mean, between him and Ben Shapiro, I just love to watch what they, you know, the effect that they have on the left. It's worth the price of admission. You couldn't get enough popcorn, though, to watch what goes on. And the, the, the uh, aftermath of all of these people who went berserk online because Elon Musk notified the Security and Exchange Commission as well as the chairman of the board of Twitter that he just wanted to buy him outright. And he's offering him a great price. I mean, that's the part that's really amazing because he's in such a power position. Think about this. He's got, got over 9% of shares. The stock has gone up dramatically since he's gotten involved in all of this. If he dumps that stock, you know, they're all going to lose a ton of money. So they're frantic because they know that he's basically got them and, uh, and they hate it. So some guy on MSNBC, I have no idea who this person is. He's some kind of a, I guess, financial analyst. He, his name is Anand Jiridaharadis. And he said that Elon Musk is the reason we have to abolish billionaires because people like Musk will manspread economic power. <laughs> it's, I mean, the meltdowns have been unbelievably sweet. Obviously, I, I don't have the time and I don't want to devote an entire segment of my show to reading you every post, every single example of this liberal outrage, but there's some that are just too good. They're just too good to pass, to pass by. You know, this, uh, this Girard, this whatever his name is, to abolish billionaires, asking them to chip in their fair share isn't enough. Regulating them isn't enough. When people are allowed to acquire this much concentrated influence, they will inevitably manspread economic power into every other form of power. Oh, kind of like what Mark Zuckerberg did during the last election? Oh, oh but it's okay because he was Mark Zuckerberg and he was supporting the Joe Biden administration, you know, that, that uh, ticket. Imagine America without... Uh, SpaceX and Tesla, you know, and instead imagine America with more people like this Anand Giraharadis, you know, <laughs> all this uh, nonsense that I'm seeing going on line on every, on Reddit, I'm sure on Twitter, people are sending me, cli you know, not clips, but uh, posts that are being placed on, on Twitter. Does anybody, you know, want to explain to this guy what exactly it means when government decides how much wealth people are allowed to acquire? You know, just just asking. Because that's legitimately socialism. You cannot tell an entrepreneur of the of the Elon Musk category or the Jeff Bezos category or the or the Mark Zuckerberg or the Bill Gates category that they cannot be billionaires. You know, does Anand feel the same way about Gates and Bezos? Of course not, because they support liberal 
causes, and, and Zuckerberg, oh, he's the hero. Although they did announce today, which I thought was rather interesting, because there are all these uh, reports coming out about how Zuckerberg, you know, there's a movie coming out by um, Dinesh D'Souza. There's some other reports coming out by the Election Transparency Project. And basically, they all say that Mark Zuckerberg poured money into elections and really what he was doing was making sure that uh, they, they could cheat. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me. And so now he's decided, Zuckerberg, well, uh, that was only because of uh, COVID. Uh, my wife and I put that money into elections uh, strictly because we wanted to make sure that everything was okay uh, with voting during COVID. Does anybody believe that? Of course not. Nobody believes that. And that's the, the uh, you know, the really fun part for me in watching this hysteria that they're having about, uh, you know, Elon Musk, who wants the whole Twitter. It's a $43 billion hostile takeover. And he's going to pull out. If they turn this down, you know what he's going to do, and they're all going to be screwed. And there may not be a, a Twitter in the future. Just uh, either way, he wins, right? If he destroys Twitter or if he takes over Twitter. So it's just, it's absolutely more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Uh, what's not fun is continuing to see the insanity that's going on in Eastern Europe. It is not, it is not fun to see uh, people being literally marched out of their own country into another country. You know, they're, they're literally marching. Well, they're not, it's not even another country. It's part of their country, but Russia has declared it's now part of his country. And the world is just like, oh, this is so sad. Uh, and, you know, and then the president said, well, I have a whole lot more weapons that I can give you or sell you or whatever it is that he does. And that's supposed to pacify us. Well, apparently it is not pacifying anyone because today the Biden approval numbers, they didn't just tank. This is unbelievable. 33% among American adults in a Quinnipiac poll that was released today. It's the second time he's been rated this low in this particular survey. Um, he is absolutely underwater. Only, let's see, 26% of independents approve of him. Can't win elections without independents. Uh, of course, 76% of Democrats approve of him because as long as there's a D after your name, they don't really care what you stand for or don't stand for or what you do to them. 39% of Americans said they approved of his handling of the response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine while 48% disapprove. This is unbelievable. I mean, Democrat presidents don't see numbers like this. Republicans see them quite frequently. You saw this with Trump. You saw it with Bush. You saw it with Reagan. Uh, you definitely saw it with Nixon. But you definitely don't usually see this with Democrats. You know, I don't think Barack Obama ever fell under 70% approval or maybe just for a few minutes right during the Affordable Care Act. But this is where we are. We got Saudi Arabia doing parodies 
of the president uh, mocking him and the vice president. I haven't seen this kind of behavior ever before on the world stage. You know, we got videos of the president with like bird poop landing on his uh, lapel. And and then the, the, the best part is the, the overwhelming denial by the media that it was bird poop. You know, if I hear one more time that it was corn, because they were inside a silo and the corn was... So we've gone from corn pop to corn poop. You know, this guy is not just laughable. He's a, he's a mess. And he's taken this country for a very, very dark ride. When I went to the supermarket this morning, I had to literally stand back from... Uh, from the cash register, the cashier, because it was mind-boggling to me. The cost of staple items has gone up so dramatically, when you can get them. Now there's all kinds of things you can't even get. It's Easter, right? What do people do for Easter? You know, like I had little kids and we do this at church. It's like time to paint Easter eggs or dye Easter eggs or whatever it is that people do. You know, you hard boil a bunch of eggs and you color them. They got little kids to do it. Not this year. Nobody's going to spend that kind of money on eggs if you can even get eggs to color them. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. And so if you think that people, when they hear the president or they hear his, uh, you know, his uh, Jen Psaki, his mouthpiece, say things like, oh, you know, it's Putin's inflation. Say Putin's inflation, this is Biden's inflation. And that's all there is to it. So, uh, you know, I'm not surprised at these falling poll numbers. I'm definitely not surprised at how the liberals have gone absolutely ballistic over Elon Musk uh, and what he plans on doing. And I think he plans on, you know, messing up Twitter forever. He's either going to own it and change it, or he's going to make sure it, it ceases to exist. There were a couple of other news stories that just had me crazy. First and foremost, how much do we love Governor DeSantis? I mean, we just love him. And, and that's why I say stop promoting him to run against, uh, you know, Donald Trump or anybody else. We need him here in the state of Florida. You know, two terms. We need the two-term Governor Ron DeSantis, and then he can do whatever he wants, and I suspect that will be become president, okay? But this guy gets up yesterday, and he sees, I don't know, he probably saw the same thing on television that I saw, where Texas Governor Greg Abbott had sent uh, a, a charter bus full of illegal immigrants from Texas, from the border, to Washington, D.C. You know, they drove all night. Got there to Washington, D.C. They were taken out. I guess there's some charity that must be running um, the relocation. There were a lot of family members waiting for them there. And right on TV, one guy said, I, I don't know if he's, he was either from Nicaragua or Venezuela, one of those countries. None of these people are from Mexico, by the way. Not that I've seen. And so he, he, the guy tells the news reporter, I guess it was either Univision or Telemundo, says, uh, you know, I'm going to Florida. You know, I'm leaving here and going to Florida. And so Governor DeSantis, uh, you know, puts out a statement. God bless him. Advising people who have entered the U.S. illegally not to head to the Sunshine State. 
Fair warning, do not come to Florida. Life will not be easy for you because we are obligated to uphold the immigration laws of this country, even if our federal government and other states won't. Florida is not a sanctuary state and our social programs are designed to serve the citizens of our state. The governor will protect the sovereignty of the state of Florida. If you have come here illegally, you have done a great disservice. You have been done a great disservice by the Biden administration. They have encouraged you to make dangerous treks, oftentimes at great physical distress to you and your family. Sometimes this has even meant putting your fate into the hands of dangerous coyotes and human traffickers. There is a legal process to obtain full American citizenship, which is an essential part of the promise of America. In Florida, we will uphold the law. You just got to love them, but you got to keep them because... I don't know what would happen to Florida if it ever got back into the hands of a Democrat, a Democratic administration, uh, and I don't want to find out. Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget to download our app. It's the 850 WFTL app. Then you can listen to podcasts and you can listen to the shows, whether you want to you know, hear what uh, Jen and Bill said this morning and you didn't have a chance to hear them or you want to hear what I say tonight. You can do all that on the app. 850 WFTL app available everywhere, including at our website, 850WFTL.com. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. So I'm just uh, super excited about Elon Musk and his plans. I hope that he is successful and either owns Twitter or ruins Twitter. Either one is fine with me. I'm not a Twitter uh, aficionado. I haven't done Twitter since I was first uh, shadow banned and then banned and all that other nonsense. I said, okay, I'm, yeah, I don't need this. I really don't. I have a microphone every single day. Um, basically, every American has a microphone every single day. You can do podcasts and YouTube videos, and we, I don't have to take uh, you know guff from Twitter. And certainly, Elon Musk doesn't have to. Now, my preference would be that he takes over the company and it becomes the uh, what it was, I believe, intended to be, which is a an American town hall where everybody could express their opinion. But hey, you know, I'm, I'm being a little, uh, you know, naive, I guess, in thinking that. Everybody was watching the story of the shooter in New York on the subway train in Brooklyn. And of course, everybody has weighed in with all kinds of uh, ideas about how this happened and why it happened and how you can stop it from happening again. And really, you know what I think is the most important aspect of this story and one that nobody seems to want to talk about? It's the way that uh, they were absolutely incapable of telling the public who was in danger from this lunatic. Uh, they were incapable of telling us even you know, who to be looking for. You know, a dark-skinned man? You know, so so people are walking around thinking, well, it might be like, you know, somebody from the Middle East. It might be, uh, you know, a Hispanic. It could, no, this was an African-American guy. You know, no question about it. And so y you should at least be able to give us a description 
but the media is complicit in all this. Trust me, if this guy had blonde hair and blue eyes, we would have heard nothing but white supremacist, white racist, white this, white that, white that, but we couldn't hear a word because he wasn't white. And now it's, uh, uh, you know, he, he's mentally ill and, and uh, the, the, the cameras weren't working and, and, and the FBI never was notified. And it's all of these mitigating circumstances, right? None of which would have been even proffered for a moment if this guy was a proud boy, right? I mean, just think about it. If he was an oath keeper, what would we be talking about? Because you and I both know we'd be talking about, uh, you know, racism, racism, racism. And that's what this guy was obsessed with. I'm not saying his name because he's a, he's a piece of garbage. But he was obsessed with race. It was uh, hate whitey, shoot whitey, kill whitey, all these videos that he put out, all of these texts uh, and things that he was putting out there. Where do people um, get sort of brainwashed into thinking that way? Because it's not, it's not difficult for me to figure out, or for you either. If all they ever see are these interpretations that somehow I am inherently racist because of my white skin, well then, of course, they are going to hate me and feel justified in hurting me. This is the worst. When I look at, uh, you know, the the craziness that went on for two years with this Black Lives Matter movement. And all the time, these people were literally taking the money that they, they literally, uh, well, they bribed large corporations into giving them their money or else they were going to be boycotted and they were going to be trashed in the media. So they gathered together all this money ostensibly to help people who had been adversely affected by real racism, and then they bought like million-dollar homes, multiple million-dollar homes, and now they're, they're accusing anybody who asks the questions, why did you need a $6 billion home? Why did you need another $3 million home? You know, and Patricia Cullors has the audacity to say, oh, this is racism. Asking that question is racist. But this guy who literally posted video after video of how he hated white people and how he wanted to shoot and kill white people, I haven't heard a single member of the media say he was a racist. Not one. You know, is everybody calling it a hate crime? It was a hate crime. No, I haven't heard that either. They're debating whether or not to, to consider it a, a terrorist act. You just can't make this stuff up. And people are tired of it. You know, the reason you see these low approval numbers for this administration is not because this is a, uh, you know, uh, it's, we're not a particularly conservative country anymore. We're pretty middle of the road for the most part. And there's a lot of liberals out there. And they certainly offset the, the conservatives in the community and they're in positions of power. They, they control the media. They control every aspect of the media, from broadcast media to print media, it's all in the hands of the left for the most part with, you know, these, you know, they got a little uh, Fox and they got a little Newsmax and they got a little Epic TV and they got had a little one American news. I don't know what happened to that, but it's practically disappeared. And, and, and then they want to de define the debate constantly as uh, racism, racism. And when Zuckerberg decided to stop the grants, to stop giving 
uh, large sums of money to election organizations, it barely gets a notice in the mainstream. I'm looking all over the place. You know, this, the, the, the only mention of it in the press today was it was always meant to be short-term. End of story. How come he just announced it's over now? If it was always meant to be short-term, why didn't he say that in uh, you know November? Because it wasn't always meant to be short-term. They got caught. And they watched what's happening to BLM. And they really are watching what's happening to Twitter with Elon Musk. And they're watching what's happening with their metaverse, which is basically not doing any better than CNN+. Plus, you know? And so... They better not, you know, I'm sure Zuckerberg's meetings in the last couple of days, we better get out from under that grants and election stuff because that's going to come back to haunt us. Well, guess what? It can only haunt them if the media will cover it. So if the media doesn't cover it, it won't even haunt them. It's just sickening. It really is. I got a fourth estate in this country that is complicit in denying the American people hard news, the news that they need so they can make healthy decisions, not just about, you know, where to live and how to vote and all the rest of it, but just how about in general, you know, it's so sad, but that's okay. Cause, uh, as long as the busloads of illegal immigrants are going to DC and not to, uh, Tallahassee, I'm okay today. Let me take a quick break. Uh, don't forget once again, that we have a lot more going on on the station, a lot of things uh, to look forward to coming up. Uh, Dan Bongino at 1 o'clock, Ben Shapiro at five, 4 o'clock, uh, the WPTV News, and then, of course, uh, lots more in the morning with Jen and Bill. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I, I just I think to myself, am I the only person who gets it, you know, that, that, that there are easier ways to do things than we end up doing them. Everybody just complicates everything, everybody. And that's why I look at some of these cases that are taking place right now, and I think to myself, on what planet does any of this make sense? And, and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me, let me explain something. I've got an administration that currently keeps repeating over and over again that the prices I'm paying at the gas pump, and yes, I was at the gas pump just yesterday, are Putin's fault. The price that I'm paying for my groceries are Putin's fault. Well, if that were true, if Vladimir Putin were responsible for all the pain that America is being put through right now, and not the current administration, and not this Congress that has been spending like drunken sailors for decades now, if this is all Vladimir Putin's fault, then, uh, you know, then I'm with Senator Lindsey Graham. Somebody got to take out Vladimir Putin, and let's get this ship righted. But of course it's not. It's not Putin's fault. And the idea that we sit here day after day after day allowing this administration to keep passing the buck is pretty, pretty outrageous. And I watched the media. They, they won't even ask this guy a, a real question. And now I'm watching this, this story unfold. You know, I am so angry about the, you know, what happened 
on January 6th. I'm not angry at the people who were basically allowed to go into the Capitol building and were up there protesting what they thought was a corrupted election process. I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at, at the waste of time and effort and now finding out in court documents that were filed that the FBI had over 20 assets on the ground on January 6th. This is literally shades of uh, Gretchen Whitmer, right? That, that whole deal with we were supposed to get all outraged because they were trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, and then we find out, no, no, the FBI basically set that all up and then found some poor patsies that they could blame it on. AFFBI had over 20 assets on the ground. Julie Kelly, who's the only person who covers this story, and everybody wishes, you know, in the regular media, they wish that she would just go away, but she doesn't. And, and my question is, why doesn't the media find this a, an interesting story? And why don't they want to know why these people have been held for over a year? And why they don't want the truth to come out? Drip, drip, drip. That's how it's coming out. The Department of Justice, they drip, drip, drip. They delayed discovery. And now... They're saying, oh, yeah, well, they had infiltrated the Oath Keepers before January 6th. Okay. And they had multiple people there? 20? 20 people embedded at the U.S. Capitol? We're talking about FBI, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and Explosives, assets. That's what they call them. Embedded around the U.S. Capitol. And this disclosure just came to light because one of the attorneys, one of the defense attorneys, made it in a motion saying, you have to drop the seditious conspiracy and obstruction charges against the 10 Oath Keepers because you guys are up to your eyeballs in this. And we're going to expose it all. Why were they embedded? Could somebody answer that for me? What were they doing? If they were embedded... To prevent something terrible from happening, why did something terrible happen? And they accuse us, the right, of, you know, uh, conspiracy theories and uh, where's your tinfoil hat and all this nonsense. Everything that we've suspected ends up coming to light. Every bit of it. I've said from the beginning, I don't approve of people crashing into the uh, Capitol building. But then I watched all these tapes of the doors being opened and of you know conversations happening between the, the police that were there. And, and then I watched how they lied about how this uh, police officer was killed by being hit with a, a fire extinguisher. And then we find out, no, no, that's not what happened. He had some kind of like, you know, cardiac arrest. And I, these are not conspiracy theories anymore. Almost every one of them ends up coming true. And, and, we need to know the answer. Why were they there? And what were they doing? You know, where's this guy, Ray Epps, that we've all seen uh, cheering on the, the, the people, telling them to go in? You'd think they'd want to find him. They got everybody else locked up. It's just, uh, it's just so crazy to me. And this is why the elite 
are so out of touch with the American people, they don't even see this as problematic. They were not even, they were nonplussed by the whole Whitmer federal fednapping instead of a kidnapping. Eh, okay, so it's no big deal. Uh, would have been great if it worked, but it didn't work. I, I, I'm just, I'm so disgusted. You know, I don't even want to be, when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I used to proudly say, well, I'm a member of the media. You know, I cover the news. No, I don't do that anymore. When people ask me what I do for a living, I say I'm retired. <laughs> I say, uh, you know, I'm pastoring a church. You know, anything. But I'm a member of the news media because we, what a, what a swamp this has become. You got the swamp in Washington, and then you have the swamp throughout the country reporting on the swamp in Washington. And you got a few people who have some dignity left bailing. They're all getting out of it. You know, nobody wants to be in, in politics unless they simply have no other way of earning a living. A and then they eat their own. I'm watching this report yesterday. Was it yesterday? I think it was. It was uh, some California newscast where the anchor was had this blistering report about how everybody now believes that uh, Diane Feinstein the senator is senile i mean they they'll just they'll they'll turn on her they've turned on Joe Biden they they don't know how to handle what's going on around them and they have no loyalty, no dignity. They used to be the party that would close around the anybody who was being attacked, right? Now they're the party that if they see some attacks coming, they run. The only people that you're allowed to attack are conservatives and uh, white supremacists, uh, of, of whom in all these years, you know, here I am reporting this stuff for over 30 years. And... The only white supremacist that I ever met was in my very first year of radio, a bunch of really yeehaw, pathetic uh, Ku Klux Klan members that were harassing me when I was doing overnights on, an, on the radio station. That, that's it. You know, I've been to lots of rallies. I was a member of the Tea Party. I've been organizer of, of campaigns. I've done all this stuff. And I, I just, I seem to be, I have no luck when it comes to meeting uh, white supremacists. None. Can't seem to find any. And you'd think I'd run into a few of them. I have, I have uh, biracial grandchildren. I have a, a black husband. You'd think, like, the white supremacists would be coming after me, no? No. No, because the proportion of white supremacists in this country compared to the proportion of people like this uh, shooter on the subway who felt no compunction about posting videos talking about killing white people, there's way more of that going on, but we're not allowed to talk about that. Shh. That's, that's, doesn't make for, uh, you know, doesn't make for good ratings, you know. And, and it, I was laughing last night. I was watching these busloads of immigrants that are being taken to Washington, D.C. on a charter bus, which uh, Governor Greg Abbott provided for them, right? And I'm looking at them. They do not look like they were, you know, traveling across deserts at all. I mean, actually, they were pretty well-dressed. 
And they all seem to have, you know, gadgets and everything else, cell phones. And you just, you, you sit there in, in abject amazement. It's, it's one thing to see a, a, a Ukrainian mother and her child fleeing into Poland with nothing but the clothes on their back and maybe, you know, a bag. That is heart-wrenching. Heart it's heartbreaking, right? But watching these young, able-bodied men, all of whom looked very well-fed, all of whom were wearing clothing with the, you know, obvious labeled, uh, you know, nice stuff. Not, they didn't even have on Old Navy. They were wearing like the really good stuff, Gap. And I'm looking at them and I go, am I supposed to be sympathetic here? Is, is this supposed to arouse in me some sort of, you know, real empathy for the plight of these poor Nicaraguans and Venezuelans and everybody else? Like, how come he's got an iPhone in his hand? And what's he talking about? He's coming to Florida. They just don't get the American people. They just, they just don't get us. And so they keep acting in their little world, and they keep thinking that we're just never going to push back. We're never going to fight back. We're going to let them do whatever they want. And this is... It's very disappointing. It really is. It's dis I'm disappointed in the American dream um, being handed out to everyone except Americans. You know, I I'm thinking as I'm standing in that supermarket that if it's going to cost me over $100 this week to make sure that my husband and I have, you know, fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and staples. What is a mom, a single mom with three kids, thinking when she's standing at that cash register, when she's making, maybe taking home $400 a week, maybe maybe $500 a week, paying $1,200, $1,400, who knows what in rent? What's going through her mind? Do you think she's actually thinking about, like, you know, uh, gee, I hope uh, I hope that um, there there are no white supremacists in this uh, supermarket. Do you think she's actually thinking about like I'm wondering if Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter? Uh, I'm I'm really concerned about the metaverse and the effect it might be having and video games on my child. No, she's thinking about how am I going to feed my family, and that's why it's going to be a bloodbath in November, and that's the only comfort that I get is I'll be able to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, they did this to themselves. Unless, of course, the Republicans act in their inimitable, stupid way, and uh, they make it impossible for the left to lose. So just stay right where you are. We're going to be uh, taking a break, the last break, and then we'll be back to finish up the show. Hey, welcome back. I'll tell you. I, I just, um, I, the, the level of frustration that I'm feeling today is way more than I was feeling yesterday. Every couple of days, you know, I, I'll see a news story and I'll try to not get too upset about it. But the attacks against Jews in New York are like unbelievably rising. You know, and all I ever hear is like, you know, that, that, that somehow, uh, you know, everybody is a white supremacist and they're always trying to hurt Hispanic and black people. 
And I'm asking myself, like, well, but what, who's attacking all the Jews? You know, not just in New York, but look at what's going on in Israel. I got a friend in Ashkelon, and of course, there was a terrorist attack there. And and I just, I don't get it. I want to see a front page news story from, uh, you know, the New York Times or the, the Washington Post telling me about how anti-Semitism is on the rise in New York. But they're not going to do that. Instead, instead they're going to, you know, they're going to keep talking about the January 6th trial or some such thing. Or, or talking about, uh, you know, this, this Diane Feinstein being mentally unfit, okay? Now, this is the same party that doesn't seem to be worried about whether or not Joe Biden is mentally fit. Somebody got into a conversation, apparently. This was in uh, the Chronicle, the San Francisco Chronicle, this morning, that some California Democrat got into a conversation with Senator Dianne Feinstein. And this, this congressperson had had plenty of conversations with her in the last, you know, two decades, right? And instead of just, you know, getting into it and having a good interaction, he said he had to, or she had to, uh, reintroduce themselves a few times during the course of the conversation. So in other words, she, at age 88, didn't know who he was, or what they were talking about. Okay, so who does that sound like? Now, the, the lawmaker was so, you know, uh, bent out of shape by this. You can't, can't tell you who they are because it's very sensitive, you know. She's, got, she's in there until 2024. And apparently that conversation happened a couple of weeks before the death of her husband. Her husband passed away just, I think, two months ago, a month or two ago. And he said, or he or she, they're not telling you who this was, that they'd worked with Diane Feinstein for a long time and long enough to know what she was like just a few years ago, always in command, always in charge, always being driven around by a Chinese asset. Oh, let me not say that. All that is gone, the lawmaker said. She was an intellectual and a political force not that long ago, and this was a jarring encounter because I didn't see that person at all. Okay, and let's answer this question. What do you see when you look at Joe Biden? What, I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. During that confirmation hearing that they just had for the Supreme Court, soon-to-be Supreme Court Justice uh, Kintaji Brown-Jackson, I saw Diane Feinstein. She was asking pertinent questions. I mean, she was reading them, but that's what most of them do, right? And now she kept saying, you know, wow, you have, you've got a lot of composure. You've got a lot of composure. She said that a few times to her. But so what? You know, that, that's the sign that she's no longer competent. But Joe Biden's okay. Even if the birds are pooping on him and even if he's wandering around looking in, in, in a group setting where Barack Obama and Kamala Harris are greeting people, you know, Joe Biden is trying to get in the middle of the conversation and they basically just cold shoulder him and keep him out of the, uh, the attention. This is the president of the United States, right? Can't make this stuff up. They say that, uh, you know, Diane Feinstein can't keep up. 
Joe Biden can't keep up either, my friends. The Democrat Party is a giant uh, senior citizen center right right about now. You got Bernie Sanders and you got uh, Diane Feinstein and you got Nancy Pelosi. I mean, the average age of Democrats in leading positions in America today is 80. Okay, come on. I mean, and I'm all for getting rid of all the old Republicans, too. And some of them don't even have to be in their 70s or 80s. They're just old, meaning they don't get it. They're not part of this experience that the rest of us are having. You know, I'll never forget during the Bush administration, the first Bush administration, when, uh, you know, the president senior didn't know what the price of bread was. Well, of course he didn't know. He's never gone shopping, you know. I doubt that Barack Obama knew what the price of bread was, or Bill Clinton, for that matter. But, you know, the rules are just different. And the American people are sick and tired of it. They've seen it now long enough. They're turning off everything. They don't believe you guys anymore. That's why, uh, what's his name, Brian Stetler was so bent out of shape when he invites a media critic on his show, and the media critic says, yeah, well, you know, Fox is uh, one side of the news, but CNN is one side of the news, too. And he's like, really? Well, can you prove that? And then he went to some forum where a college student asked him the same thing. Can't make this stuff up. And he falls apart. He literally falls apart. Now, Ben Shapiro gets confronted in North Carolina uh, by some moron asking him questions about gender whatever, pronouns, whatever it was. And Ben Shapiro didn't miss a beat. Just decimated the guy. Because we got some youth and vigor on our side, and it really does matter. But don't worry, California, my kids in California, because you you got this experienced uh, group of people around Diane Feinstein that will cover for her for the next two years, right? And then you got Alex Padilla, your junior senator. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to, not to overreact. So rah-rah, Elon Musk. I couldn't be happier. I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to do a takeover, a hostile takeover. But if not, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for him to ruin Twitter and end it once and for all because if they don't want to play fair, then guess what? Um, we need somebody who's willing to push back. And it apparently doesn't phase him at all. He's got so many billions of dollars that spending $43 billion to destroy or redeem Twitter seemed like a good idea for him. Plus, I think he's planning on going to the moon now or whatever he's doing. So, you know, I just, I, I have a lot of uh, hope that there's more than just Elon Musk out there. You know, it's time to show the Zuckerbergs and the Bezos that there are conservatives with that kind of money and clout, and they're going to pour their money into the causes that matter to the American people. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. Um, I will be back tomorrow at noon, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Tomorrow, of course, I'll have a little time to check in with my son, Derek, at TMZ. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. May God bless you. May God bless the poor, struggling people in Ukraine right now. And... May God bless the United States of America and heed my governor. Illegal immigrants, stay out of Florida.